A very good morning to you all. We're on our travels again this morning. We are midway through our tour of electoral district areas in Sligo, North Leitrim and South Donegal to hear from the local councillors in each of those areas to see what they've done since their election three and a half years ago. And this morning we're concentrating on the Ballymote, Tubbercurry, West Sligo electorate area. Uh, seven councillors representing this particular area. We've invited them all here this morning to join us at the Yates County Inn in Curry in County Sligo. And we have some special non-political guests with us after 10 o'clock, including one of Curry's favourite sons, Dr Mike Ryan of the World Health Organisation. Uh, we'll joined, be joined live also by Donal Healy of Ireland West Airport, Knock, just down the road from here, to see how business is going at the present time. And our live music comes this morning from local man uh, Ryan Sheridan. But uh, first, between now and 10, to the business at hand, the local councillors, what they've done, what uh, they say and hope they're going to do and what they promised when going for election in 2019. And let's start with listening back to just some of the priorities that each of them laid out during our election candidate debate in Ballymote back in 2019. A vote for Connolly on Friday week is a vote for community. I will do my utmost to support local community groups and small businesses to enhance our communities and towns and make them a better place to live and bring up our families and children in. I'm asking the people of South and West Sligo to consider me for their number one vote so I can continue to work for the communities to create an environment that will help new start-up companies, tourism providers. Look, I get great satisfaction out of the job um, you, the people, give me to do. Your problems are my problems, whether it's roads, drainage, hedges, housing, tourism, broadband. Planning, anything you think of, I will be asked at some stage. I'm very interested in community development and I, my aim is to improve the quality of life of every citizen in the Ballymote and Tubbercurry area. I've all my life, I've worked in the community and at local and at county level. Uh, the problems I see today are no different than they were 20 years ago. I'm as enthusiastic today about them problems as I was when I started out first as a young fella. I want to continue my work on the N59, the N17 and Class 2 and 3 roads. My priorities are rural house planning, home care support for the elderly and respect for our senior citizens, agriculture and job creation, the development of Sligo University Hospital. My main priority in this election, I think the number one issue since I came in in the last uh, three terms, I've never seen any issue like it, is home help hours and that will be my priority. Ballymote in 2019. Five of the seven councillors in Ballymote, Tupperkurry, West Sligo join us this morning. Uh, from left to right, we're joined by Dara Mulvey, uh, a Fine Gael councillor, uh, Gerard Milani, a Fine Gael also, um, Martin Connolly, Fine Gael councillor, uh, Michael Clark, independent, and Paul Taylor, uh, Fianna Fáil. Uh, councillors Martin Baker and Joe Queenan unable to be with us uh, this morning. Uh, and we'll start with you, Councillor Mulvey. How do you think you've got on in the past? couple of years. We were talking about the importance of tourism and start-ups. Yes, Nile, any well... Any progress in that, in that regard? Yeah, well, um, look, uh, just at the outset, you're very welcome to um, Curry here this morning. And um, I, as an elected councillor since 2009, I have um, certainly met and discussed a lot of issues with people over that period of time. And since the last election, I think the two issues there that I spoke on were tourism and small business. Um, I am currently chair of the LCDC, the local community development company, and that's a position which I 
certainly enjoy and get to meet an awful lot of rural and community groups. And I, I would consider myself a community councillor in that yeah. I, I am available and I have met and will continue to meet and, I suppose, progress and promote Sligo and particularly South and West Sligo as an area to live and uh, work and invest in. And I suppose on the tourism aspect there that you said, I think it's something that we really need to promote and to harness. Um, I firmly believe we have one of the most beautiful counties in, in Ireland and certainly with some of the projects like the National Mountain Biking Centre in Killani, which is the only one of its kind in Connacht, yeah. it attracts huge, huge numbers. And certainly I would love to see the development of the disused old railway line and where you are today, you're sitting literally um, a, a short distance from that. Yeah. And back in 2014, I called, I was the first councillor to call for a feasibility study on that. And my main purpose with that was, if that piece of infrastructure is lying there unused, certainly do something with it. Okay, I've not never like been, what? Not, 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 well, not, not, a, not a western corridor, well, rail corridor, you're I, saying? I have never, and from the outset, I've always said I'm never against the railway. If the railway, if the money is there tomorrow morning, I'd be one of the first to welcome it. But I believe that the, the one piece of infrastructure from Colooney right up through Killani, Tubacurry, Mulnabrina and right up here to Curry, it would be a game changer for this region in that I grew up for the last 40 years looking at that disused railway line doing nothing. Okay, all and right. I think it's very, very important that if we can get... There is an agreement. The two groups came together, the Greenway yeah. and West End Track, and they discussed that if the funding is there for a Greenway... I think put it okay. in. It right. would make a huge difference. Okay, Jared Mulaney, you also mentioned community development there uh, back in 2019. Is, is that still a priority for you and, and what progress has been made? Well, just could I begin, Niall, by thanking Ocean for inviting me here today and for having this programme and giving us the opportunity to speak. Community development, to me, is the whole basis of rural Ireland. If you don't have a vibrant community... People drift into towns and the whole fabric of rural Ireland then begins to disintegrate. Mm. And, of course, farming is one of the main industries in rural Ireland and we need to keep people in rural areas and we need to keep people in the villages as well and we need to have a vibrant um, both economic and social aspect to rural area. And I think the social aspects... Yeah. is very important too because we need to be able to look after the less well off and the people that um, needs the services of the HSC and, and, and different agencies to keep rural Ireland vibrant and I think infrastructure plays a big part and um, I'm very happy to see all the, the walking routes that has been developed and footpaths that has come into the local villages and pedestrian crossings, safety measures that just leaves life that bit easier for people in rural areas. And I also like to see the development of um, the remote working hubs and community centres and sport and infrastructure. Okay. So, so be better than it was, you think, and getting a little bit better, you would Oh, hope. absolutely. I think it's, it's one of the upsides of the, of the COVID period that a lot of uh, money came into rural areas and projects that I would have been looking for for a very long time has been delivered over the last yeah. two years. All right, while, okay. while there was a lot of negatives, that was one of the positives. Okay, let's go to, to Martin Connolly, Councillor Martin Connolly, who was talking about small business and the development of small business. 
couple of years ago, Martin. Yes, and, and firstly, Niall, uh, I'd like to welcome you here and my colleagues to my own home parish, Akari, and to the Yates County Hotel here. It's great to, it's great to have you here. Um, when I uh, when I went for election, the, the burning topic here in uh, the Tubbercurry greater area was uh, uh, boil water notice on yeah. the Lytad scheme. Uh, 13,000 people on a boil water notice. Um, there was a lot of hard work done on that in the background. Uh, it was a big achievement to get that across the line and get a new water treatment plant uh, up and running here for the people. That has been achieved and there was a few hiccups along the line, but it appears that it's uh, everything is going okay now. Um, business get business into Tubbercurry. Yes, uh, one of the first motion I put down in Sligo County Council was to get the council involved with the OPW uh, to buy a disused office building in Tubbercurry for yeah. a new guard the barracks. That they done. Now, things have moved slowly since, but I can tell you here this morning that it's gone to planning for, yes, for is, that what job. What are the questions coming in? So there, so there is development, is there, on a new Garda station? There is, yeah. Tubercurry. There's movement on it now. The big hold-up was um, a change of personnel within the OPW, and uh, that has been sorted out now, and it is gone to planning in the last couple of days uh, for the new Garda barracks. There will also be office space. They won't require the whole, um, the whole building. Uh, the other the other item that was to the forefront with me at the time was the new health centre in Tubbercurry. Yeah. Um, again, slow though it may be, um, there was a lot of issues with, with ownership. Clio County Council owned some of it, private people owned some of it. But again, that has gone to plan and permission now. And slow though it may be, it is moving. Okay. I'm moving in the right direction. Okay. And you're, you're glad to see that. I'm uh, delighted to see that. Councillor yeah. Clark, you've been in many elections and not for the first time you mentioned the development, uh, the old Chestnuts, and again we'll come to it in more detail, the N59, the N17, infrastructure in general... Uh, and rural planning are they still the main issues, or has there been any They're absolutely development? Still, still the main issues for me. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that the first day I sat in the council chamber, I sat beside the former councillor and the late Margaret Gormley, and she says to me, "Do your work, don't talk about it. People will know what you've done when election time comes." So when you done two or three, did you? Well. What I'm trying, the point I'm making, I, I have no interest in talking about what has been achieved. Do you not? No. What, my only issue in, in politics is what has to be done okay. going forward. And I see that we have gone back so much in the last three years in society. Uh, just, just in general, not just in this particular area, just in general. In general, uh, the people's take-home pay is worth 20% less than it was three years ago. Uh, people on the housing list... People can't get, still can't get planning for houses in rural Ireland. Every, every parish in, 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 in Ireland now is packed with people. And we see our pubs and our shops, and uh, two butcher shops closed this week. We still see, see that happening. Mm. And there is no support for local business in, in rural Ireland at the moment. And these are the issues that we have to concentrate yeah. on looking forward. I, there is progress being made on the N59 that I spoke about. Yeah, and we we'll come to that in a moment. But, but can you... As a council, not just you, as councillors, can you can you change that? Can you can you make well, it? Well, 
us, us councillors, we're at the coal face, but we can only deliver what central government provides financial to the council. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in relation to, uh, I spoke during the week about the two schemes and these people that are working, working below the poverty line, delivering a fantastic service in every parish in Ireland. I'm talking about, you know, across the line, across the thing, it's still impossible to get mortgage to build a house. Uh, you know, there's no, there is no aspect of life that fe- people are still find it so much difficult than it was three or four years ago or even five years ago. Yeah. We're, we have so we have gone back so much in time in, in Ireland. It's unbelievable. We're, we're talking about poverty. We're talking about hunger. We're talking about 20% of children going to school hungry in the day. And I, I'm not proud of that fact. Mm. I'm not proud of a, a state that, that delivers that type of service to, to their people. Uh, Councillor Paul Taylor, uh, you were saying uh, back in 2019 that, that people's problems are your problems. Are you seeing any more problems than you used to, or what are the sort of issues in the in the Gurchin area that are cropping up? First of all, and I welcome to yourself and the crew here. I'd like to thank Michael and, and the staff here at the 8th for, for having us here as well. Look, I, I think we're, we're after going through a, a, a tough period of time um, over the last number of years, since certainly since the last election. I know we've seen COVID. We haven't seen as many, I suppose, community facilities like I would have talked about uh, in the past. Um, but we are seeing problems, and we are seeing a lot of problems, and Councillor Clark alluded to some of them there. Um, you know, I think for us here in this municipal district, it's important, you know, that, that we keep enough money for roads, Class 2 and Class 3 roads, um, that we get enough money for LIS schemes, CIS schemes. I think we're seeing those things every day. I think that's the, the, the bread and butter stuff as we said, the hedges, planning is, is, is also a huge issue. Planning has been an issue mm. right across um, South Sligo because of, 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 of the, the, the potential in 17 route. And we've seen a, a frozen zone there. And that hasn't helped uh, young people in their, I suppose, quest to, to build houses as well. But there are a lot of problems out there. Mm. You know, we talk about, let's... We, let's be honest about it. We have to talk about money issues. There, you know, inflation as is, is is going to an all-time high. The cost of living um, at the moment is very, very high as well. And I think that that's tough on people. That's tough on people. Wages haven't come in line with that. Um, I think there's a lot of work that we need to do on that. Um, and again, you know, we 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 certainly cannot um, have situations where you know where people where people have not accommodation to live. And I think that's that's very, very important All at right. the moment. So th- there are big problems. Okay, well, what will strike, well, it certainly strikes me and it will strike a lot of people is the geographic spread of all of you and indeed of all the councillors in this area because we have councillors today from Kulani, from Highwood, Tobercurry, uh, Screen, Gurchin, and then the absent ones, Enniscrone and, uh, and Riverstone. That, that's some geographic spread. It's a huge area, isn't it? And it doesn't help, I suppose... Uh, your, your cause to get things done. The, the first question we have is in relation to the, the N17, the um, route selection between Knock and Kaluni, and there's a lot of confusion uh, about this, the emergency preferred corridor. What, what Can anyone tell us what's happening with the N17? Oh, we're, of course, right beside us here today. Martin, what, well, what is the situation? Um, it's an ongoing... There is no week that we wouldn't take numerous phone calls on the N17. Um, it's an ongoing. We have been told numerous dates when it will be announced, and they have come and gone. And we had a meeting recently uh, with the with the executive of Sligo County Council, and they gave us fairly robust 
assurances that this will be announced in, in January, that the, yeah. the new preferred route. Now, people think that we as councillors have some insights as to where that road is going or where that new route is going. We don't. Do you not? We do not have any idea where that is going. Mm. But I, I feel, as a new councillor too, it was all approached wrong from the first day. Why, why in, do you say that? In, was there well, not enough consultation? They, they, there was, but they put out maps with a 500-metre corridor. Now, 500 metres is, is a third of a mile. Mm -hmm. And people looked at that, and 500 metres would take out a whole town land. In actual fact, all they require out of that corridor is 50 to 75 metres. But people got very frightened at that point and they got very afraid that they were going to lose their whole farms and land, and, yeah. you know. But look at... Some people are going to be inconvenienced when this, when this is announced, but hopefully it, it will be announced in January and at yeah. least planning permission can go ahead then. And I have one or two people that wants to transfer land to their families and they're stuck in a quandrum whether they'll lose it or what's going to happen. So hopefully January okay, will right. be the date. Anybody else want to say anything about the N70? Dara, Dara Mulvey. Uh, well, not, yeah. just quickly, Nylon, I look, I concur with what uh, Councillor Connolly has said. This is something, I suppose, that we all live fairly closely and adjacent to it and we could cross the N17 multiple times a day. Um, and, you know, the, really... My point on this is that there's no point, and I think Councillor Connolly said we don't have the final say in it, there's no point in talking on a vacuum on this. The responsibility for route selection on this lies with Transport Infrastructure Ireland. Now, in fairness and in respect to the, the road design crew in Sligo County Council, they have been progressing this on as they have got funding to do so. And, like, it's it's a 55-kilometre stretch of road... Yeah. Um, 21 in Mayo and 34 in Sligo. It's a huge, huge undertaking. And like some years ago, I called even for um, a traffic counter to be placed on the road because I know there was huge problems coming out from the Ballymote side onto the N17. And like there's in, in excess of 50,000 vehicles a day using this road. Yeah. It's far busier than the N4. We all welcome the N4. That needed doing. But the amount of money that went into that and the time it took to deliver it, certainly... I'm one of the seven councillors in this area who receives numerous calls on it. But I think until the preferred route is selected, and in fairness to the, the, the road design team, they yeah. did say that okay. to, to do that, they would have to contact all the landowners, all the householders, okay. and then go for public display. And there's no sense doing that coming up to Christmas yeah. okay. week. Well, we and they said new January, and we believed them that. We took them at their word. We could see uh, only this morning how busy this road is uh, on, on, in, in both directions. Uh, Paul Taylor. It's important to note as well, um, just to follow on from what my colleagues have said, the part to note that when this route is selected, yeah. everything going well, it could be ten years before there's a sod turned. You know, so I mean, this is this is this route is is, is probably a, a long way off at the moment, and that's everything going well with funding for every different um, every different section of what has to be done in the in the build up to it. So listen, it has been a difficult time yeah. for the people, and my colleagues have said there as well. You know that that the the, the, the design team in, in Sligo County Council. They're the lead on it in for Galway and Mayo for the for the route, and okay. you know they're they're engaging with the TII at the moment. But you know it's all right talking about years, that. But this this needs to okay. this does need to 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 okay. progress sure. and move on. Right, Councillor Milani. Yeah, just one comment, I suppose, and we have reassurance to the people that owns land and property along that. I live three kilometres from the N4. 
and that was a 13-kilometre um, construction. And that went through with so little difficulties and so few complaints. And I would have contact with all the farmers along there. And I think the way it was handled and the way most or nearly all of the people that property was affected was satisfied with their dealings with, um, with TII. So I think it's very important for people not to get over-worried about this because this will all work out. People will be compensated for their land and yeah. they'll be spoken to and they will be reassured of... Um, that all this will work out when construction starts. Okay. All right, OK. Rural crime is an issue which is coming up uh, during the week as well. Uh, and in many cases, people say they're living in fear, not least because of what happened to Tom Nyland uh, out in West Sligo. What are the councillors doing to make our local communities safer and how do they feel about the continued closure of rural guard stations? Well, Councillor Clark. Uh, well, uh, Tom, Tom uh, Nyland's a neighbour of yours, I know. I had the pleasure of addressing the, the Gardaí on their uh, centenary celebrations in the Sligo Park, and I made two points in my address. One was in relation to rural Garda stations. The, the importance of them couldn't be underlined enough, and having those uh, stations staffed properly. Uh, in screen, we still haven't... Uh, the John McGuinness retired, and we still haven't got a replacement... But the Gardaí tell me that they're in difficulty that because of paying conditions, and it's the same in nurses and it's the same across the public sector, the people are leaving and going to the private sector. Yeah. And I might understand the 36 people down in the Garda division alone and the, the, the recruitment isn't coming in fast enough. And that's a serious issue for the state. Like, we were promised X amount, 1,100 new Gars this year, and I believe there's only less than 150 in training at the minute, which is a disgrace in this in this country. And it, the issue, again, is not at our level, at council level. Of course, we make representations. Of course, we make the issue known. But it's it's the government that needs to act to put those Gardaí in place. OK. Some crimes we hear about in the report, is some, many more we don't, uh, Councillor Connolly, as you know. Is it is it an issue, do you think, of concern oh, to it, it is. Of course, it's an issue. And people uh, do live in fear and... I fear myself now with, with um, the cost of, of uh, electricity and all this type of thing that people are, are even not leaving on emergency lighting outside and all that type of thing, you know, to protect their premises. Um, <laughs> rural crime is a big issue. Uh, we Again, the criminal has moved on and guards on the beat are ferociously important but we have to look we have to look at the criminal that has moved on with technology as well and we have to look at that side of it with the guards as well uh, you know to protect people right okay uh, paul paul taylor I think with, with, with rural crime as well and, and 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 as the lads have said it it is a huge issue but and and we have you know our problems with our guard stations and guard the resources but our communities are coming together um, with community text alerts yeah. uh, and different things. that They are coming together and they are working together. And more often than not, you know, there is a, a, um, there is a, um, a local element to that rural crime. And I think we all know that. Mm. And I think there's always somebody out there yeah. that knows something that's going on. And, 
And I believe myself that, you know, if these people were to come forward, some are afraid to come forward, but I believe that these people should come forward and they should come forward and try to come forward in, in, in a quiet way, if you like, you know, and, and report what they see going on. Okay. I don't think at times, I think anything that you see suspicious is, you know, and, and is out of the way, it should be reported and it should okay, be Okay, so talked. communities have a role. Okay. Dara Mulvin and A quick one on that, yeah, they, and I agree with uh, what has been said, that the text alert scheme... I know from South Sligo, I think every town and village has signed up to that. I was at a meeting recently this week myself where another group signed up to it and there was a packed hall. There is fear out there amongst communities, but I sit on the Joint Policing Committee with some of my other council colleagues and a lot of the issues we bring to those meetings. And, you know, one of the things I, I got even from the recent text alert meeting is the Gardaí are only as good as the information the public can give them. Yep. If you see something, ring it in. Don't be afraid to ring it in. Um, you know, if you're not sure of the number, ring 999. The Gardaí will follow up on queries. And I think the big thing is now we have the Gardaí property app where if you have products at home, tools, bicycles, whatever, take a photograph, keep the number. You know, that's one aspect. We have the Telus's property marking machine where products are marked with your rare code. And that's another aspect of it. But, you know, even though the Gardaí maybe not seen or in the stations as they were 20, 30 years ago, they're still out there. They're still visible. But I think the message has to go out. The Gardaí can only do so much they need the community and in fairness the community do engage with them and I think we've seen during COVID yeah. you know the positivity and how in touch with rural communities the Gardaí are okay. I certainly welcome and call for more Gardaí the more we can never have enough Gardaí in this community Okay a, a word from Gerbilani we'll take our first break Yeah no uh, I suppose just to concur with my colleagues I think it's back to community again and you can look at any police force in the world and particularly the PSNI in Northern Ireland they never became successful until the communities came in behind them. And you need the, the support of the communities. Tonight I'm in Castle Baldon, along with uh, Councillor Martin Baker, to launch a text alert mm. down along the N4. I'm in Giva on the 30th to, launch, or to relaunch another text alert. And I think there's big buy-in. That's, uh, that's from there well. will come the information that okay. will lead the guards to prosecution and okay. deter the criminal. Okay, you wanted to say something, Councillor Carvey? I think that the judges in this country, the courts, have a lot to answer for in relation to rural crime. They're well, never well, dealt with properly. They're never dealt with properly. I mean, no matter what, when somebody is caught for a crime in relation to break, burglaries, breaking into people's houses, if, uh, you know, beating them up, and putting this fear in the community, they're not dealt with appropriately in the, in the courts. Right, so sentences are too lenient, you're saying. Right, OK, we'll take a break. We're back uh, live in the 8th in, uh, County Inn here in Curry. Welcome back. It is 24 minutes now to 10 o'clock. We're live in the 8th uh, County Inn in Curry in County Sligo with the councillors from the Ballymote, Turbercurry, West Sligo area. We'll get to as many questions as we can before 10, before we take our leave of the councillors. Rural transport is coming up, various aspects of rural transport. Is it what it should be? in this huge geographical area. Darren Mulvey, what do you think? Well, just a quick dial on that. And look, uh, we certainly, ge geographically, we're just discussing there during the break how, how big yeah. South Sligo and West Sligo is. Um, only recently, I welcomed the rollout of the Service 981, which goes from Kulani into Colony Ballastadir and into Sligo. Huge population in that area that had no um, transport in um, houses where there were young people that needed to go... Sorry, adults needed to go to work. There were two yeah. and three cars going in on the one road every day. Students needing to go to college. 
uh, secondary school students needing to go into secondary school in Sligo Town and also a lot of elderly people who needed to go to hospital appointments and that. So certainly the rule out of the 981 was very welcome but we need many more. All of South and West Sligo needs... Lo- Local Link has been very, very successful yeah. and we've seen the fiasco with bus earing, buses not turning up, people st- stranded at bus stations, don't know whether the bus is going to go or not go and they don't know, they're told it's online or on social media. Elderly people aren't on social media. So and I know my other colleagues have raised it in other different areas. The more rollout of local link services, we have a a Green Party minister in there now, put the money into the services, the people will use them. Right, okay, Martin Connolly, I know apart from the local link services, you you had concerns, did you not, at one stage about about numbers on buses between Galway and Sligo uh, passing through your own uh, area? Well, it, 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 it happens on a fairly regular basis where the bus reaches Tubbercurry on its way to Sligo and there is no more seats left on it and people are left standing on the footpath. Yeah. And there was, um, there was a time there, of course, it was associated with COVID where some of the seats had been cordoned off behind the driver. And uh, I had a few requests to, to, to speak to them about that and to try and get these seats freed up. But Local Link is, is, is working very, very well, but... In the Tubbercurry area, we, we definitely need another service early in the morning. There was a private service doing it, but after COVID, they didn't uh, return again yeah. with their buses. But we need to let it be local link. It'd have to be local link, cause it, but to bring from Charlestown through Curry uh, into Tubbercurry for people going to work for 8 o'clock, 7.30, 8 yeah. o'clock in Sligo. OK, yep. Councillor Taylor, how do you think uh, your area is served I think, by... I think this is one of the most important issues that, that, that we have at the moment because of... Yeah. of, of and, uh, and you're getting uh, that, are you, from the your... accommodation crisis, and that's what we're getting. We, we see in, in Gurching, uh, we have two local link buses actually running to Gurching. One goes straight to Ballymote and one goes to Bunnadden and Ballymote. Yeah. And in the morning, that both buses are full and both... Um, are carry, they're both bigger buses than what they were supposed to be and I think that local link service is a fabulous service and as Councillor Connolly there was saying I put, I, I put out a call uh, a number of, of months ago for a local link service to from Balahi to Curry to Tubacurry and on, on into Sligo and that the TFI local link are willing to do that, put on that service but they need funding and they need funding from the department and from the minister to do that so I think at all, at all, all us as, as councillors, and we should be lobbying our parties to try and put pressure on to, to get that service there because that is vitally important for students going to the new ATU, for hospital appointments, for elderly people, for people going to work. In, in a lot of cases, that can take one car away from a household, which is a huge, um, I, I suppose, which, which costs huge money to the household every year. Most households have two cars now and they can, mm. can get away with maybe having one. So I think it's hugely important. The, the, the feedback I got when I put that up on social media was absolutely massive. Right, OK. How are you served out in West Ligo, Councillor Clark? Uh, are you at the carpooling situation yet? Well, uh, no, not yet. And, and we have more than two cars in the village of Drummore West still. <laughs> you know, so we're, we're, we're surviving. But uh, it is an issue and it's very hard to... F- to suit everybody in relation to yeah. the, the times and that. And then I know that the, the actual bus drivers themselves or the owners of the buses have great difficulty in tying down the contracts and, 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 and uh, meeting the criteria. And it's a very, very tight scheme of funding for them as well. And 
with the price of diesel. They're, they're not just earning any big money out of it now, but it's, it's something that always needs to be upda- updated and upgraded. Okay, uh, Councillor Malley, I know you would have strong views on the rural transport situation and yeah, yeah, whether you're well served or not. Local link works very well where the service is, but there was a time when the national routes were served better than any other areas. Now they're being served a lot worse. And the bus um, is twice the cost to travel on of rural link. Now I'm looking for a service from Carrick into Boyle, into Balnefad, yeah. to Castle Baldon and on to Colony. There's no uh, rural link service along the N4 there. And I'm being told you can't have it because CIE is looking after that with bus here. Now, as Councillor Mulby said earlier, they're very unreliable, they're very expensive, they're 880 returning from Castle Baldon to Sligo. Ballymoat to um, Sligo is only 350 returning with Rural Link. Mm. So a family that's sending a student or two to you cannot afford to pay 880 uh, yeah. each for, for, uh, to get transport to Sligo. Okay. Just make the public aware, uh, Niall, as well, because there are a lot of calls, or I certainly would receive a lot of calls for bus shelters in in our towns and villages. That, as a municipal district and as councillors together, we are working on that, and we have talked to the executive of Sligo County Council. We are working on trying to get bus shelters in all towns and villages that these services run through. What has been coming through this week as well is safety on our roads, and particularly outside our schools in this area, and just some of the areas that were mentioned: uh, Balnafad, Balnacaro, Tubbercurry. Uh, not to mention the N59 road to Ballina. Well, we'll start with that, Councillor Clark. Uh, dangerous roads, yeah, and particularly it, outside schools. There are a lot of schools, as we know. Yeah, it, it's, it's an issue. Um, I suppose, first of all, you know, you would notice in your all your towns and villages the upgrading of footpaths. And this yeah. this active travel money is, co- is getting given priority over infrastructure. Uh, like, for example, the Crocacullen to Ballastadir realignment the, where the route selection is in place and the cost has gone over 20 million which puts it into a major construction issue and we are trying to arrange a meeting actually this seven o'clock this morning i sent an email to a secretary of the minister ryan's looking for a meeting in relation to that particular part of the road which is a coincidence and uh, you know the green agenda is active travel Greenways, yeah. walkways, and uh, you know the main infrastructure is, is is getting second place at the moment. So that's an issue that we're all working on. Okay. Uh, s- schools are s- is certainly an issue and always has been an issue in relation to safety, and uh, it's a difficult thing to sol- solve problems. Okay. On. Anybody else want to make a comment on on well, ju- just on, on the? I know one of the issues here. You mentioned uh, someone sent in about Balnacaro, and I know. Yeah. You know, having dealt with some of the parents there on the national primary route there, the N17, uh, Sligo County Council with TA actually had to put a traffic island in the middle of the road outside um, the, the old filling station there uh, to encourage traffic to reduce its speed. And I think yeah. it's something that, even in light in the last two or three weeks, how a lot of the speeding penalties have doubled, that the onus is on people, that everybody that's driving a car must be aware of where they're coming near a school. Most schools, I think every school has signage up to indicate that there's parents, children, whatever there. But I think until, um, you know, we get enough awareness of people out there, everyone was young at some stage. Children get excited when they see their friends. They may hop out of a car and run across the road. But I think awareness must be on the people. Uh, you know, to, to to slow down near schools. All schools, you know, parents drop their kids. 
we need them to attend in a safe environment. Okay, uh, Paul Taylor, and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw out some random just to say, no, I, I, queries I, in the public. There has been a lot of work done in a lot of places. We see across the road here, even, you know, there's a fine car park after going in, Holy Family National School in Tubber. Yeah. Most schools, and I say most schools, have, have a set-down area now, and there, there, there are schemes for that um, that are ran through Sligo County Council. So I know there's issues in, in, in some schools and... Councillor Conn, he'd probably talk about another one down the road yep. and let him do that. But, um, you know, just to make us aware, um, maybe, of the schools that, that do need that help, and we certainly will, and we'll all work okay. together to try and uh, alleviate that problem because it's very, very important. Okay. Councillor Conley, did you want to uh, yeah, say just, something? Well, in my own local school, of my Lot National School, there, there is serious issues there. Um, but I have talked to the local engineer now on several occasions, and we have a plan afoot to do up the church car park. Uh, but it's still not ideal because the kids still have to cross the road yeah. from the school to the church car park. There is no land or no property available on the side of the road that the school is to create a set-down area. So we're hoping that this plan and uh, that we'll get funding for it early in the new year will alleviate some of the problems. But it will take, it will take parents to get involved in it when the kids are crossing the road and okay. speed issues. All right, a couple of couple of quick fire questions uh, coming in. The uh, the, the, the continuing um, closure, not total closure of daycare centres across the region, and we're asked about Eski. I don't know if we can. Uh, Michael Clark, uh, uh, Eski is a, an issue that both Mark McSherry and uh, Marion Harkin raised in the Dáil, and um, you had an interview yourself there and raised right, yeah. Margaret Doyle on on, on the interview. It's something that I've been working on for three or four months, but the issue is staffing. It's not that the government, it's not funding. This is recruitment of staff, and they just can't get the staff in place to, to, to come in and fill the hours. And, and that's right around in every uh, centre in, in, in Sligo. So it's not just confined to Eski, yeah. but Eski is, some, is an area that was very well used, and there's a queue of people getting in there, and it's just unacceptable, I suppose. And I, and I, I do think, oh, Councillor Blaney, you know bit about this too I, I think that that the issue is is, is getting people on, on schemes as well because a lot of mm. a lot of uh, a lot of people that are employed in these daycare centers are on schemes they're on RSS are two schemes and I think that's the issue in the qualification criteria for them schemes and like I, I know we spoke about this at our last council meeting and, and, and I said at the council meeting that if if there's certain areas where the time is up for a certain person on a scheme that that time should be extended for that person if they're willing to stay yeah. in that position if nobody else is interested in it. And I think that would make a huge difference to okay. it. All right, Jared Jer Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree with Councillor Taylor. The criteria is a big problem. Uh, the daughter-in-laws and houses don't qualify for the rural resources scheme. Um, the remuneration for coming on is a huge problem. Councillor Clark had a motion down on it at the last council meeting, looking for it to be increased to 100 euros a week, which is absolutely right. It's been 20 euros for the last 30 years, and 20 euros were more valuable 30 years ago, probably, than 100 is now. So we're not getting the people onto the schemes, and they're pay playing a huge role. I see it in Ballymote, mm. where Aileen Flaherty and her team is running a centre, and that's open for over 12 months. It was one of the first in the county to open, and half the staff there is on schemes. All right, so a, a couple of questions and, and, and an, an interesting question from one listener. Pedestrianisation of the town square in Tubber Curry, is, is that a given? Is that going to happen? Martin, do you know anything? Well, about it's, it's, um, it, there's, there is 
plans afoot now to develop the, the square in Tubbercurry, but it has gone back to uh, the planning department of Sligo County Council. We, we have got to facilitate the people who have businesses and who live on the square in Tubbercurry. They cannot be inconvenienced by uh, not allowing them to park their cars yeah. in front of their houses or uh, people going into the shops, going into the butcher shop, there's... Um, um, Bertie Welch's shop there. You cannot allow, uh, you cannot expect people to go up and park in the uh, one-stop car park and walk down to them businesses. It's not going to work. So they are gone back to planning again and uh, they're looking at a new design. The best of my knowledge, it's a one-way system is yeah. what they're... So we look at that when it, when it comes okay. out. All right, here's, here's an interesting... Well. So, sorry, Mark. be forced on anybody. No, yeah. no, there will be consultation. And okay. I think that's important for the people of Tubbercurry that they know that. Here's an interesting question from a listener who refers to the comments of Leo Varadkar during the week that he would welcome uh, a voting pact transfer between Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil in the next general election. How do the councillors feel about that working at local level? Look, and I just and briefly on that... Dara. Um, I suppose the, the 18 councillors that sit in Sligo County Council, where we might come from different parties, once we enter the chamber there, we may have our differences, but collectively we work together. And I think especially in this municipal district, there's seven councillors here, and we've had heated debates at meetings, but we have always left the room on singing one voice for the betterment of South and West Sligo. We work okay. together as a team, and I think that has... That, the results of that have been seen in a lot of projects that have been delivered. Okay, I don't know if that's a yes or a no, but, but any, any, anybody else? No. I'd just like to say on that that if... As Leo an independent councillor. If Leo Varadkar concentrated on the housing situation and the state of our hospitals, I mean, to get sick now in County Sligo and have to go to Sligo, he wouldn't be worrying about transfers. And that's his issue, delivering for the country, not, not in relation to his own survival, as Taoiseach or his party's survival. We need action. We need people looked after. Yeah. So that's what we need. To answer your question from my point of view, uh, I don't agree with it personally. I think uh, there's uh, both parties that's in the coalition, well, there's three parties in it, but there are two bigger parties, should stand alone mm. in a general election, put their own policies to the people and let the people decide then who they vote for. There are two major parties that have done the country proud down through the for the last hundred years really and truly mm. and it'd be it wouldn't be good for the country if they got too cosy together okay. we put it that way. there'll be no votes coming from Tupper curry over to taylor and gurchy so next time uh, uh, no, de definitely not definitely right. not. Right. okay i try and keep me out everywhere yeah. <laughs> i i i think myself that you know that, that politics is 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 changing um and i think that yes we have parties and we have certain party people that, that will never vote any other way but I think politics is changing from the point of view I think that, that, that the actual candidate now or the person um, has a big influence on the vote and Right, okay, look, uh, we're rapidly running out of time and we, we, we promised you that we'd, all, we'd have you all out of here by 10 o'clock and we've more guests to come after 10 Just a quick, a quick wrap up within a minute each of maybe what you'd like to do before the next I'm, I'm, Again, I'm assuming that all five of you will run again Darren Mulvey, what, what would you like to see Done. What would you prioritise in the next year and a half in the council? Well, certainly, Niall, when I started in the Sligo County Council 2009, um, it was a great honour and a privilege to represent the people. Um, 
I have a, an office in Ballymore where I hold weekly clinics. I consider myself a community councillor and that I'm available to be contacted seven days a week. I don't promise to deliver. I promise to work for people and do my best. And I think that's as good as, um, you know, I, I, I will let the electorate judge me at the next, next election day. Um, you know, God willing, I'll be able to run. I, I look forward to working the rest of this 18 months and serving the community. And any way I can assist the community, I'll certainly do my best. OK, George Milani, your priorities for the next... Yeah, Class 213 roads, uh, CISs, LISs, rural transport, um, rural planning anything that enhances yeah. the life of the people in the community. There's a lot, are, lot more work to be done, so... A lot more work to be done. Okay. Uh, Councillor Connolly, yourself. Yes, Niall. Well, well, there's always a, a lot more work to be done, but as Councillor Malani says, uh, roads is a big issue. Roads is a big issue in, in this area because it's a huge geographical area and we need more investment into, into the roads here. Um, community uh, employment, if... if if we have employment in the local areas, it solves a lot of problems with buses and traffic and everything. So get employment as much as possible back into the into the bigger towns if at first and then into the rural areas. Councillor Clark. Um, one of my biggest things is that uh, the fact that a disabled person or an older person has to wait more than 12 months to get a grant approved for a wet room or to enhance their home situation is totally unacceptable. Another issue is maintenance on, on council houses. I mean, the, the, raise, the, the executive raised the rents on council houses with the view to uh, improve the maintenance of the houses and because of the cost factor and get employment, there's no maintenance been happening on those houses and it's a weekly, daily occurrence that people have contacted me for both issues and it's something I continue, as well as all the issues that the other councillors raised. It's a, it's a daily, it's a work in progress. Okay, and, and Councillor Taylor, finally. Yeah, and all the issues that everyone has raised, of course, we'll all be working together on them. And as Councillor Clark said, their maintenance is, is, is a huge problem of money for that. But I think the most important thing for us in, 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 this, this rural, in our rural communities is to keep enhancing our towns and villages, keep making them um, a, a, a popular place to live, a nice place to live. I think we need to do as much as we can to try and create as much employment as we can to keep our youth... Um, to keep our young families, to keep our schools, to keep our GA clubs, to keep all, everything that's the fabric of our communities and our towns and villages. And I think that's the most important thing we can do. There are people that have gone away, they've emigrated, they want to come home, they want to raise their families where they came from. And I think making housing available, making jobs available, and keeping our towns and villages enhanced in as much as possible. I think that's the most important thing we can do. We keep our population in our rural communities. Many thanks to all five of you for dropping by this morning. We do appreciate it. I know how busy you are, councillors. Uh, Dara Mulvey, Gerard Milani, Martin Connolly, Michael Clark and Paul Taylor. Thanks for that. Right, OK, welcome back. It is 16 minutes past 10. We are broadcasting live this morning from the Yates County Inn in Curry in County Sligo on the main N17 road. You know it well, I'm sure. And I'm delighted to say that one of Curry's best-known locals joins us uh, on the line now, a man of world renown, a very busy man, and we thank him for taking time to join us uh, live this morning. Dr Mike Ryan is with us, Executive Director of the World Health Organisation, who played, of course, such a pivotal role in guiding us all through the COVID pandemic. Uh, Dr Ryan, thanks for joining us and uh, no, you're welcome to the programme. You've spoken before, not for the first time, Mike, about the importance of your upbringing in Curry and your education and, and so forth. It, it has been very important to you and very dear to you in your life. No, absolutely. Uh... 
you never forget where you come from and you never forget the values that you're given uh, by your by your community and uh, I've always uh, kept my legs for curry I I I straddled the border between uh, between curry my grandparents were from Tubber curry and from Charleston so uh, I'm stuck right in the middle between the the the, the two parts of my past I, and I remember you saying before, it, 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 particularly with your, your education and uh, what you're taught at home, that gave you a, a desire for a, a career in medicine or to pursue your career in medicine. Wasn't that the case? Well, I, my, yeah, I mean, to be honest, you meet very special people during your life that put you on the right track. Uh, certainly my interest in science was sparked by uh, Austin Egan, uh, one of our teachers in, in Charleston. I went to school, secondary school in Charleston and uh, uh, Austin was an amazing character and uh, he really created that sort of thirst for knowledge and got us to do higher level maths and stuff that we might have run away from. So yeah, no, it's it's having mentors like that makes a, a huge uh, difference uh, in your life. But also my dad had traveled the world as a merchant seaman for, for so many years. I had a fascination with the world and a fascination with science. So it's no wonder I ended up here. Yeah, and, and read a lot of magazines, I think, based on his on his travels, as I recall, as well. Yeah, I know my granny uh, and, and oh, my grand, grandfather and, and granny, uh, grandmother in Tubber, Tom Ryan, was a, he was a guard in Tubber for, 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 for many years, and uh, he, uh, they had a front room, and it was, uh, it was an amazing place with copies of the National Geographic and stuff from all over the world from my dad's travels, so it was uh, a room of fascination and imagination for me as a kid. Okay, uh, do you, you may remember, could you tell us a story, if you remember it, about um, your experience of how, how traveller children were being treated um, at school when you were growing up? Th- that affected you and impacted you for, for years to come in, in just how, how minorities in general are being dealt with in society. Do you remember no, that? I think it's every, every country, every community has its minorities, those who are excluded uh, and othered, uh, doesn't matter where you go in the world, you'll 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 find groups who become marginalised and uh, and are um, sometimes systematically marginalised and 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 then uh, often blamed for some of the ills of society along with that, even though they don't have the same opportunities as everyone else. And certainly, you know, we could look outside Ireland and we could look at that across the world and we could point fingers as to how people and minorities are treated in other countries, but. You're only ever judged by how you treat the people around you, and uh, I certainly saw that as a as a as a as a, as a young fellow, how uh, the traveller community was uh, was treated in, in Ireland. I've seen wonderful examples of 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 great cooperation and mutual kindness between the communities, but I also saw the other side of that, and uh, uh, I was proud to have friends amongst the traveller community, and uh, and uh, my dad was was very very. Uh, keen uh, that we never we always took people we're always told to take people as they come to you and never judge someone by by all of the the sort of prejudices that other people tell you and it's amazing no matter where I've gone in my life uh, I've I've always benefited from that in not prejudging people and understanding that every human being uh, we're equally intelligent we're equally valuable we're we're equally innovative we're equally creative uh, it's just the labels that get put on people create these barriers. So uh, no, it's uh, and I think uh, it's good to see in Ireland that we've become a much more inclusive, much more tolerant, much more open society. We're not there yet, 
but I think we made huge progress in the last number of years. Well, of course, you've, you were front and centre in the uh, battle, continuing battle against COVID. Um, where are we at at the moment? And is, is it still as much a priority in your role within the WHO as it has been over the past few years? Or what is your general assessment of, of where COVID is at at the moment? Um, I think we've made we've made significant progress. I mean, certainly the rollout of vaccination uh, and the protection of the most vulnerable in our society has really reduced the impact of COVID in terms of people being severely ill or dying. But the virus has not gone away. The virus is out there. It's circulating uh, all over the world. New variants have emerged. Sub-variants of those variants have emerged. So um, we're not out of the woods by any means, but we're in a lot better place than we were before. And again, it's really, really, really important as uh, particularly vulnerable people, people with underlying conditions, older persons, get their COVID vaccinations, get their boosters, get their flu vaccinations. <laughs> Use the opportunity to encourage everyone listening to protect themselves this winter, to keep looking out for each other, uh, and to make sure if you're sick with COVID, stay home. Uh, don't become part of the problem, become part of the solution. Uh, you, I think you were recently in Uganda, uh, Mike, uh, to assess the uh, Ebola situation. Um, and, yes. and there are increasing global concerns about Ebola and and monkeypox. Um, should we be worried about those in the context of what happened in the past few years with COVID? What are your thoughts you know, on that? I, I don't think they represent uh, at a societal level the same scale of, of, of a challenge or a threat, but they, they're, they're threats for, for, for different reasons. Uh, we certainly don't want Ebola uh, moving beyond the, the borders of Uganda. Ugandan authorities and scientists and doctors Nurses are doing a fantastic job down there, but they need our help, they need our support, they need our solidarity. Uh, equally, a monkeypox, uh, monkeypox is an endemic disease in many African countries that we've neglected for many years. It's now entered um, uh, populations in the developed world, uh, and particularly affecting certain sections of our society who need our support and help and solidarity as well. We have cholera outbreaks in 30 countries around the world. We're dealing with many, many, many different epidemic events a lot of them are driven by injustice, they're driven by poverty, they're driven by lack of access to services, they're driven by climate change. In a sense, epidemics, pandemics are consequences of the way in which our, our ecosystems have become unstable, uh, the way our societies are structured, uh, packing people into peri-urban slums and not providing water and sanitation, allowing vectors like mosquitoes to breed unhindered. This is a lot of you know, the answers to these questions don't lie in health, they lie in environmental management and they, envi they, they, they lie in education and they lie in other, in other areas. But, you know, people in Ireland have done a great job with COVID. Uh, it's not, people shouldn't wake up in the morning and fear all of these diseases. Uh, we've got strong response programs for, for all of these diseases. Um, and uh, people should just go about their, their normal days uh, and, and shouldn't have any specific uh, fears for any of those others. But we do need to maintain vigilance at global level. We need to invest in public health systems everywhere around the world because we're not safe anywhere uh, unless we have uh, health and health security and surveillance uh, in every place around the world. All right, OK. Well, uh, just before we finish uh, and, and returning to... A the, the most local of local issues. I, I'm I'm told by one listener uh, this morning who played against you many years ago on the football field that you were, to put it very mildly, a teak tough cornerback who didn't take any prisoners. <laughs> is that, is uh, that the case? Yeah, or no? I, 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 I was probably made up for lack of talent with uh, with uh, 
with a bit more hardness. But no, I I, I remember fondly my time in Curry and playing for Curry. In fact, I I think the the 50th year anniversary of winning the county championship was uh, very recently. So congrats to all of that team and all of those people because I moved to Curry in 1972 and we won the county championship. So that was that was great. Uh, I, I I really do stay in touch with what's going on on in, in, in Curry GAA. It's it's fascination for me. <laughs> Spending time on Facebook checking out the the various uh, the under 21s. I think uh, one. Uh, uh, are into the final. The country oh, may have won the country final. I haven't checked. And uh, there's a great uh, community atmosphere in Curry around the GA club. It's incredible, and and uh, the the people involved in the club deserve huge credit. And uh, the biggest fan of all is my best mate, Finton Henry from Curry, who lives in Kerry. So myself and Finton and a guy called Johnny Stenson have a call every week, and most of the talk is about Curry GA or how Leeds United are doing this week. So it gets me away from thinking about <clears throat> nasty diseases and uh, focuses me on the real priorities in life. The world is indeed a very, very uh, small place. Uh, Dr. Ma- Mike Ryan, many thanks for joining us this morning live uh, here at the Yates County Inn in, in Curry and County Sligo and continued good wishes to you. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you, thank you. Dr. Mike Ryan, Executive Director of the World Health Organisation. Right, OK, a bit of live music now here at the Yates, in, Yates County Inn in Curry, courtesy of Ryan Sheridan, and we'll talk to Ryan in a moment. He's from Ballantore, so away you go, uh, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. 
that's uh, that's some accordion you have there, top of the range, from a top of the range player, Ryan. Oh yeah, uh, thanks so much. Uh, thanks yeah, um, tell us a little bit about yourself before we we talk to our next guest. You're you're from Ballantore. You're a, a student of um, music and history. Is that right? In in Maynooth University. Uh, yeah, I studied in uh, music and history in in uh, Maynooth, so enjoying it so far. Anyway. Are you? Yeah. Is this your first year? No, second year. Oh, second year. Second year. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the serious stuff gets underway now, is it? Well, so to say, anyway. So yeah. To say. How long have you been playing the, uh, the accordion? Playing the accordion since I was 11. Um, started yeah. when I was 11 years old, so some say it was late to start, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out anyway. If yeah, well, you certainly made up for lost time, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and that's uh, and that's the top of the range accordion. I know my limited knowledge of accordions, that's the uh, top of the range stuff, isn't it? Ah, well, it's kind of... There's everything except power steering on that, I think. That's it, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an old enough instrument, yeah, but... Um, be made in, it was made in the 70s, so it's yeah. It's old enough for this stage, I suppose, but there's older ones out there as well. Yeah, all right, okay. We'll, after the break, we'll, we'll get more music from Ryan. We won't hold you too long because uh, you're headed for other parts, I think, for the weekend, are you? I am. I'm off tennis for um, the Ennis Tradfest, so I'll be going there and shall we see how we get on there? Ah, yeah, I bet you will. Okay, <laughs> thanks for now. Thanks for now. We'll talk to uh, uh, Ryan in a moment. We'll get more music. Uh, um, our next, um, well, of course, Ireland West Airport, as we know, just the stones throw down the road from where we are. Indeed, for many arrivals into the airport heading north, the Yates County Inn is their first stop. Uh, the gateway to and from the west, uh, an absolute treasure of a facility to have on our doorsteps, as we well know. And joining us on the show now is Donal Healy, who is Head of Marketing, Communications and Route Development with Ireland West Airport in Knock. Donald, good to talk to you and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Niall. How are uh, you? I'm great. And yourself? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Uh, what's, are you having a busy morning, uh, weekend in, yeah, in the yeah, airport? Yeah, it's great. I live in Charleston, so it's only two or three minutes down the road. So it's uh, even when you look at how, how the proximity of the airport to the Yates County in here is less than 10 minute drive. So, yeah. you know, when you consider the airport is in Mayo, we're on, we're on Sligo's doorstep and only... Ten minutes here from mixed fine establishment. Yeah, how's business? Uh, we've a couple. We had a couple of difficult years, as you know, uh, after COVID, but it seems to have exploded uh, since that. Yeah, business has been very strong now in the last six months, in particular. I suppose if I, I take you back to the year 2019, we had our busiest every year, 807,000 passengers. The forecast, believe it or not, was to hit the million by this year. We were on track to do that. 2020 had started off very positively the first two months of the year we were predicting further growth and then we all know what happened with the the advent of covid and would you believe 2020 our passenger numbers plummeted from a high of 807,000 to 148,000 oh that was some drop yeah improved, yeah improved slightly better in 2021 to 174,000 but Overall, over the course of them two years, we had a prolonged period of closure for about 12 months' time. Yeah. Empty car parks last June. Um, no real sign of whether there was stop-start. We had st- started a few times. Our airline partners tried to start up operations a few times. Omicron then hit in, de- in December 2020. So it really was you know, a difficult time. But thankfully, since April of this year, once the travel restrictions started to be lifted and people got confident to travel again, We've had a very, very strong six months, so much so that we're probably, over the last few months, been back up to between 95 to 98% of 2019 levels, which when you consider yeah. most industry experts forecasted to be 24, 25 before we got back to that level, it, it's been very encouraging. Yeah, and the car parks aren't empty anymore, are they? No, no. <laughs> from it. Thankfully. Right, OK, there's all sorts of questions. And you can, anytime we talk to you or Joe, there's always questions about particular routes. What are the popular destinations 
at the moment. What are they? Well, if you, if you look this year in the last 18 months, we've been very fortunate that Ryanair have added three new routes despite the uncertainty in the, in the industry. They've added new services to Birmingham, Edinburgh and Manchester. And that brings now, Nile to, to nine the number of destinations that we've served in the UK. So when you think of the UK, we've actually the most routes served outside of Dublin Airport. Yeah. So you have the likes of Birmingham, Bristol, East Midlands, Liverpool, three London airports, London, Luton, Stansted and Gatwick, New Manchester services, I said, Edinburgh. So we have a huge selection of services in the UK. They've been very popular and they've been very strong this year, particularly on the back of, I suppose, we're very strong, what we call visiting friends and relatives market. Then people haven't been able to see each other in the last two years because yeah. of the travel restrictions. You have, you have elderly people who haven't been able to see grandkids. So they've rebounded very strongly. But the biggest notable impact we've seen this summer has been on our sun destinations. I, I think people have took the view, no more than myself, and I'm sure a lot of people you know, we're going on our sun holiday this year. We've been locked up for two years. We're heading abroad. So we've seen huge, and in, in many instances, record numbers on the likes of our services to Mallorca, Alicante, Faro, Barcelona, Milan and Cologne in particular have been very, very popular. So that's been very positive. We've yeah. seen record load factors and really record numbers in the last couple of months on them routes in particular. Yeah, and from what I hear, it's, it's not, I mean, not, you're not just getting the traditional um, customers from right across the western seaboard. They're coming from the east coast, aren't they? And down south as well, because it was well publicised about all the delays in Dublin Airport. It is so, mo so much, much more convenient yeah, to fly out of Knock. Yeah, particularly noticeable, Nile in the car park in the last few months. You see the different registrations and nowadays with modern technology, we, we have an online car parking facility and that allows us the ability to see where our customers are coming from. So we've seen a massive increase in numbers coming from the likes of Westmead, Offaly, Cavanagh, Monaghan, very strong, yeah. all the way down as far as Clear, Galway, very strong, Donegal. And for us as an airport, I suppose, to continue to grow, to get to that magical million passengers, we need to get more people in from them area. So it's been very encouraging, I suppose, when you take it the likes of Westmead and Offaly, for example, where people would typically have looked right east because they're in the east, it's the same distance to come down to Knock. Yeah. And once they've come down, we always say the beauty of our airport is once they come down once, they'll see how easy it is, they'll see how close the car park to the departures gate is, the, the stress-free nature of the airport. And now yeah. with almost 20 destinations, we're hopeful that these people will continue to use us as we as, yeah. as things get back to normal, I suppose. You're in and out in a shot, as we know. Um, yeah, there's some questions coming in, which I'll come to. Uh, well, 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 let's take questions now. I know I'm hitting yeah. you uh, head on with these. Uh, question for Donald. Are Ryanair flying not to Portugal next summer? They haven't advertised it yet. Yeah, you know. we're getting a lot of queries funnily enough about that one, Niall, on social media in the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Faro is one of our most, if not our most popular sun destination. At the minute, it's still early November. Ryanair are still finalising the summer schedule. So as people will have noticed in the last couple of weeks, there's more and more routes being added. So I'll just say to people, a little bit of patience. In the next two or three weeks, you will see the majority of our summer schedule. But it, it yeah. will still continue to be loaded right into December as kind of new routes and Ryanair decide on gaps in different places to serve. So over the next four or five weeks, you will see the summer 23 schedule be finalised. Uh, any chance the flights to Lanzarote returning is badly missed in the area? I mean, if it was up to you, you'd have... <laughs> it's not your call. You'd have flights everywhere. No, absolutely. Uh, but look, we fully appreciate Lanzarote, Tenerife were two of our most popular destinations. They ended in early 2020 because... And I don't want to go into logistical and operational reasons, yeah. but it's, it's, it's an operational issue, Nile, in that... Ryanair closed their operational bases in the Canary Islands in early 2020. So as a result of them not having an operational base at our airport, they no longer operate the services. But we are extremely confident it has nothing to do with demand. They're massively popular services. As soon as them bases reopen, 
we will have them flights back. So I don't want to create uh, yeah. unnecessary expectation, but I'd be very hopeful in the next six to 12 months that we them bases will reopen and as soon as they do, we will have them flights back because they're hugely popular. Right, we, we mentioned at any time we talked to you uh, in relation to the continuing operation of Ireland West Airport, Knock, and its continued development. The buy-in of the local authorities and in our area, uh, Donegal, Leitrim, Sligo County yeah. Council, their support, that, that's very important, isn't it? And it's much appreciated as well, I know. Yeah, absolutely. You, you go back to 2017 when the seven local authorities took a 17.5% stake in the airport. And that really, Niall, was a game changer for the airport as it really, I suppose, stressed the regional importance of the airport where you've had... We're, we're the only airport in the country that has investment from seven local authorities into it. So I suppose it stressed not only the regionality of the airport, but the importance to them counties of the airport. So when you mention three counties there in particular, Donegal, Sligo and Leitrim, to give you an example, 48% of all our overseas visitors who come through the airport to visit the region yeah. come to Donegal, Sligo and Leitrim. So that's half of our overseas visitors. So when you think we bring in about 250,000 people from overseas, now that's not you and me coming back from yeah, holidays. Yeah. These are people who originate overseas that's a massive benefit. And when you think they're contributing in the rough, roughly about 180 million to the regional economy, yeah. it's thanks to the local authorities that they've seen the, the potential in getting involved with the airport. And that has been a game changer for us in terms of helping us grow the airport. The football trips are still popular, are they? Absolutely. That was one thing we missed in the last couple of years when you, uh, you, you missed yeah. the crowds going to the matches in the UK. And you still get crowds to the... Well, the popular ones are obviously Manchester United, Liverpool... Well, so. well, as a Liverpool sport, I wouldn't say the Manchester United one is popular. I, I, is it's, it it's, bu it's busy, but I won't say it's popular. But okay. yeah, no, the new Manchester service with Ryanair, which is, operates twice a week and has increased to three times weekly next year, hugely popular. Liverpool, hugely popular, both for more, football more traffic. So. We have to get that one in. Liverpool, yeah, more abs popular. Abs so. It was. They're not going too well at the minute, but yeah. it, they could, the one thing about Liverpool sporters is they'll, uh, they'll stick with them and through thick and thin. But yeah. very popular. But even you look at, you know, a lot of requests we're getting now is for flights to Newcastle because Newcastle are doing well again. They so are. Yeah. We're very fortunate now, as I said, we've services to nine UK destinations. So we have a huge choice. But football traffic, short weekend breaks are def definitely back in vogue in the last couple of months. We've seen it in, in, on a major way. Right. OK. The old chestnut, I ask you this every time and it's coming in again. There is a huge desire, as you know, for international routes yeah. from Knox. Um and, and there was a time when it, it looked it looked good. I, I know again it's it's out of your hands, but is, do you ever envisage a situation where you will be able to tie down an international route to, to the, the US, states to, to yeah. the US? We're talking about, yeah. Yeah, we were just speaking off here. Fifteen yeah. years ago, we actually had the first direct services from the airport yeah. Yeah. Uh, in both New York and Boston. Again, now it goes back to the Canary Islands. Uh, the demand is there. Like we know, for example over 100,000 journeys are made every year from our catchment to the US from other airports in the country. Like we're actively in dialogue with airlines in how we can, you know, see these services reintroduced. Yeah. The challenge we have now, I suppose, we were very close two, three years ago in getting the services back, but the challenge now is we've come out of COVID, airlines are slowly rebuilding, there's a lot of consolidation in the industry, fuel prices are at a record high, oil prices, inflation... The US is a long sector, so it's that little bit more tricky. But look, there's, there's lots of different variations of how you can fly to the States. You see some airlines now are flying via Iceland, which has proven very popular. So there's more and more options on how you can get to the States coming on stream. So I'd be very confident in the next two to four years that we will certainly see some variation of US service into the airport. All right, OK, well, that's be positive. It, be it connecting via another airport or direct. But the conversations are always ongoing. The demand is there. There's just 
industry yeah. circumstances and operational issues that haven't seen it come to pass yet. Okay, I, I'm worried about Christmas. It's it's going to be actually the first Christmas for the traditional homecomings in what three years, perhaps, because COVID was still among uh, upon us last Christmas. Is it going to be a very busy Christmas at the airport? Would you think? Yeah, absolutely, Niall. And as you said there, I think December 2020 was probably one of the most difficult times in the airport because people were denied them, them homecomings, which, as everyone knows, people coming in from the UK and further afield has always been lovely scenes at the airport. So this Christmas is going to be the first Christmas in three years that we've had a, an uninterrupted with a full schedule of flights. You know, we've a record winter schedule on sale this, this winter with Ryanair. As I said, more UK services from Birmingham, Edinburgh and Manchester. So we're hopeful of seeing record numbers coming home for Christmas. And I think we'll probably make that extra bit of effort this year in, in ensuring that the welcome home is great. So that, personally, that's, yeah. that's a time of year I'm really looking forward to from an airport perspective. Right, OK. And as you say, you're responsible for route development. You all, you're always looking at possible new routes and based, I suppose, first and foremost on uh, e economics and uh, the financial gain in, for everybody, but also from interest. You, you listen to what people have to say, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. We, we, we serve our passengers every year, Niall, in terms of what routes they want to see. You know, if you look at the key routes we need to get restored, the Canary Islands is the number one that we need to get restored to the airport. That That's a given. The US is a longer play, but it's certainly up there. And again, more more European access from mainland Europe, which obviously benefits our stakeholders. So we have flights from Milan, Barcelona and Cologne at the minute. We'd like to add another European mainland city break spot to bring in more tourists into the west of Ireland. And that work, that body of work is ongoing. As I said, it's a slower rebuild because airlines are finding their feet. But I'd be hopeful... Um, that in the next 18 months we would have a couple of new routes hopefully to bring to the table. All right, OK, you're talking about the millionth passenger. When is that likely to to happen? You don't know. I, I, I asked for a reason yeah. because people are wanting to know. When, they're going to turn up at the airport and hope that they get some sort of a, <laughs> have a giveaway or something like that for the million passenger. I, I think, now one thing we've learned about making long-range forecasts, it's, uh, yeah. in this industry, six months is a long time Absolutely. given what's happened with COVID and that. But look... As I said, last uh, 2019 was 8 or 7,000 busiest every year. This year we're forecasting to be up at around 710. So it's, you know, we're back up to nearly 90% of our record levels. Next year is looking very positive at the minute. It yep. looks like we're going to grow our UK network by about 15% in terms of extra capacity. I'd be hopeful of further growth in some of our, our Sun network. So next year is looking like we'll hopefully improve again on this year's numbers. So look, within two to three years, we'd certainly hope to be close to the million. I won't say we'll yeah. be at the million, but if all goes well and there's no market, yeah, yeah. market impacts, which, which certainly, you know, there's a lot of volatility in the market at the minute, but all going well, I'd hope in the next three to four years we'll be getting close to it. Yeah, that'd be some achievement um, from the foggy, boggy hill that was all those years ago. Donald, thanks for dropping by and continue good wishes, wishes to you and all your staff at Ireland West Airport in Knock. That's uh, Donald Healy, thanks, who's sorry. Head of Marketing, Communications and Route Development at the airport. We take a break. Welcome back. We're live at the Yates County Inn here in Curry in County Sligo. Um, we're going to hear more music from, from Ryan Sheridan from Ballantour, who joins us live here as well. And there's a text came in earlier, Ryan. Uh, will the, would the young lad play the Sally Garden reel for a regular listener? So you're the young lad, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're glad to be called a young lad still. But do you know the Sally Garden reel, Ryan? You do? I do, I do. All right, OK. Will you play it for that listener, so please? Yeah. Thank you. 
going to what hit it uh, this weekend, Ryan, uh, that's for sure. Um, and that's about it uh, from the Yates County Inn here in Curry and County Sligo this morning. Uh, could we say a big thank you to Michael and all the staff here at the Yates Inn for being so accommodating to us and all our guests this morning. Uh, I'd like to thank the five Ballymote, Tubercurry, West Sligo councillors who were with us between 9 and 10 for debating the issues. Uh, to Dr Mike Ryan of the World Health Organisation, Donald Healy of Ireland West Airport to Knock, and of course to Ryan here for all the wonderful music uh, this morning. Uh, to our own Ocean FM team, producer Margaret and social media director of operations Mark Halton and head technician Daniel Bannon, uh, thanks for organising today's uh, show. Our next um, councillor electorary show on the road, as I understand it, is in Manor Hamilton, and then we'll be back in the Sligo Strand Hill area. Uh, for this show, we're back on Monday morning next at 9 o'clock, so have a great weekend. Francie's up next, and Ryan will see us out with one more tune, I think, Ryan. Isn't that it? Thanks again. <laughs> Ocean Apple.